Hey guys, I hope you're still loving that intro. So uh, we're back. Gosh, it's week four already. And um, so much has happened in The Bachelor um, already. I took way more notes than I ever have on this episode. And I feel like I have so much to share. It'll be really hard to condense this to 30 minutes. So I'll do my best. But um yeah, today I'm just going to share a really in-depth analysis of what's happened. Um, we're also going to talk about like social media's influence on um, these villains that are painted on TV um, and what happens consequentially with trolls and followers. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to do a Where Are They Now segment. And this week, I'm going to do it on Rachel Lindsay. Uh, most of you probably know about Rachel Lindsay, but... If you don't know too much about her life, I'm just going to share a lot of information. So, um, anyway, I'm excited. So, let's get to it. All right. So, getting straight to my notes, we open up uh, this episode leading for Newport, Rhode Island. Um, I cannot recall a time that they've ever done The Bachelor in Newport, Rhode Island. Um, it's a great spot in America if you haven't been. It's really charming and beautiful. And um, if it's not too cold, I'm sure it was perfect for them. So um, I'm really glad they went to Newport. Uh, had beautiful shots, camera shots that they showed. Um, and uh, so we first start the first date with Hannah going to Boston with Jed. And I thought that was a good choice, you know. Boston's not too far uh, from Newport, so, you know, they could create another date out of the area. Um, And I thought it was hilarious that she just kept pointing to things and making up, you know, what these monuments were about. Like, oh, this is where Ronald McDonald got his idea for the Golden Arches. Um, No, Hannah, that is not. (laughs) But (laughs) I thought her jokes were funny and quirky and... She just really seemed herself. So it was nice just watching Hannah be Hannah. Because I think that's part of the reason why they cast her. Like, she's entertaining. Like, by herself, she's pretty entertaining. Uh, So, yeah, I enjoyed watching her on this date. I can't say I enjoyed watching her with Jed. Because I don't really feel like there's anything really there. Um... Yeah, so they went to Quincy Market, they started there, they ended at the Cheers Bar, I mean all kind of like touristy spots if you've never been to Boston, um, so you know, I appreciated it, they weren't like giving us insider secrets to like, these are really cool Boston spots. Oh, and I loved the ad placement um, by Halo Top, if you guys recall on a former um after the final rose episode, they gave everyone ice cream. Do you guys remember that? It was really random. They're like, oh, we have Halo Top for everyone. Everyone's like, woo, this is so great. Really? Like, I don't know. I can go to the store and buy a Halo Top. But I think it's on point. It's on brand with knowing that they have a bunch of women watching the show and a lot of women like sweets and so we're gonna watch The Bachelor and like mindlessly eat so why not reinforce that like we should eat Halo Top you know anyway I'm sure just by even putting that Halo Top guy in the middle of 
the park in Boston for Hannah and Jed's date. By doing that, oh my gosh, they probably got thousands of dollars from Halo Top. Um, I don't know the exact amount, but, uh, you know, I've, I've heard this from New York people that surround me and it's a good, smart ad placement move. So anyway, I thought that was funny. Back to the date, though, more importantly, you know, because you guys care about Jed and, oh, he's so great for Hannah. I don't know. I really don't think he's that great for her, you know? Like, um, I just kept thinking, like, this was such a fake date that he really had nothing to talk to her about. Um, Oh, and I just, I want to mention, by the way, when they got that ice cream, mind you, he didn't even, like, exchange money. It was kind of like, oh, look, there's ice cream. Let's grab ice cream. Okay. And then, like, walk up to ice cream. They got it, and they sat down. So that was clearly, like, a plant. Um, Like, the producer said, like, okay, in 50 yards, you're going to see the ice cream truck, and you're going to walk up to it, and you're going to get ice cream, and then go sit. And that's your activity for the day after you've just, like, walked around Boston for, like, a quarter mile. Um, That's just my guess. But anyway... Um, you know, there's a lot of kissing on the date. Um, so I guess that's good, but I I don't know. I was, I was pretty bored with their portion of the date. Uh, anyway, we get finally to something kind of exciting. Like, honestly, if you watch Jed's face, he was just kind of like, nah, like he didn't seem that excited. And then as soon as he got to the Celtics stadium, he was so excited. It was like a genuine smile, like a genuine of, oh my gosh, this is fun. I'm enjoying myself. And to me, that's kind of a bad sign because when you're with someone that you really are into, aka you could be falling in love, just being around them makes your face light up. And I don't feel like his face was lighting up just by being around Hannah. I think his face was lighting up due to external circumstances. Like, I'm at a really cool basketball game with really cool celebrities. Or I have a really cool view of a city that doesn't look like Nashville. Like, I'm just not seeing... I feel like the whole point of The Bachelor is like it's creating these like over-the-top circumstances. So like, and any anyone could like buy into the situation of, wow, I'm having a really great time and I'm into this person. And I'm just not buying that Jed's really into Hannah. So anyway, they go to the stadium or the court and he's excited. Um, Hannah again was funny and quirky. Um, I wrote, this is the first time I've ran in a hot minute. (laughs) Like, I like that she's just I feel like she's not even thinking about the cameras. She's just like in the moment, flailing her arms, running around, like having a good time. And I love that. Like I love that she's just embracing being the bachelorette and embracing these moments. So it's really refreshing that like at least half of um, what you're watching on TV is authentic and raw. And that half is Hannah. And the other half, which is like, likely not raw and authentic are the guys so I do appreciate Hannah whether or not this entire season pans out to be great or not she is killing it and she's being awesome to watch okay so then she sits down with one of the Celtic players and he gives her advice that she should be with someone who makes her laugh and someone who's going to accept her for her flaws and her beauty 
Um, yeah, that was just really good advice. So I appreciated that little moment on top of just the fun moments. Often whenever they have like celebrity sports players, they don't really have like a sit down with them. So that was nice. I'm glad ABC showed that. Um, and, um, then they go to this castle like building for their evening dinner date and it started out. So you guys should find this interesting. She reassured her feelings for him. This date didn't start out with her, him reassuring his feelings for her. It started with her reassuring her feelings. And then he was like, oh, this is real. And he said it like with surprise. So um, I wrote, it didn't take her long for her to realize there was something here between them. So yeah, she tells him like, oh, it didn't take me long to realize there's something between us. And then Jed goes on to share, well, I'm going to tell you a confession basically and this is what I wrote verbatim what he said music is my passion I want it more than anything in this world when I first signed up for the show I was open to the idea because I love love I do I love the idea of it but my first thought was this is like a huge platform I just want you to know the truth but every moment that we've had has taken all that away and show me that now more than anything, I want to be with you. Oh my gosh. So dissect those words a little more, but let's be real guys. Men don't say things they don't mean. So he's truly saying as much as he honestly feels. And he honestly feels that obviously his music's his passion. He was open to the idea of love because he loves the idea of love. Um, but then he says, but every moment that we've had has taken all that away and show me that now more than anything, I want to be with you. Well, I'm sure he feels that way in the moment that like right now he wants to be with Hannah. However, he's in a freaking bubble where everyone's supposed to be obsessed with Hannah and the producers are asking him, well, how much do you like her? And I know that you just started this for a platform, but like, Jed, do you like her? Do you really like her? Of course he likes her. Duh. So, uh... I don't feel like this is a reassuring moment. I feel like a lot of people are spinning this as like Jed is still a good guy and Jed is, at least he's honest that he didn't really come for her. But I look at this as Jed is just putting it out there and, you know, saying the elephant in the room that he came on here for an opportunity and likely he's not going to be her F1. So I just, I don't think he's really there for her for like forever. I don't think he's in a state of mind where he's looking for his wife. He said his music is his passion and he wants that more than anything. This is not a guy who said, music's my passion, but finding a wife is so much more meaningful to me than my career. No. No, I didn't hear that. Did you? Um, I mean, he could have said that, but he didn't. So we need to listen to the words that these people say. And... I can relate because I was in the music and arts industry and, you know, the people who would say, oh, you know, theater is my passion versus this is all I want right now versus uh, the people who would say, yeah, this is my passion, but I'm really hoping I find my forever or I'm dating someone long distance and they are number one. Like you can tell when someone prioritizes their interpersonal relationships or if they prioritize their career. And hey, there's no fault to it. Luke's only 25. 
he he should be prioritizing. I cannot talk. He should be prioritizing his career, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I do not think he's actually ready for marriage. So I'm just not going to put a lot of mental energy towards Luke. So I'm just warning you guys now that Luke is not my front runner. Luke, if he's in the top two or three, I still don't think he's going to win. I'm never going to be like, oh, I've changed my mind. Luke is the winner. Um, I, I just don't think he's it. And by Luke, oh my God, I just said Luke. I meant Jed. Ah, all right. I don't think Jed is ready for marriage. Okay. End of story. Okay. So now I'm going to recap the group date and for a warning, this is probably going to be about a 10 minute, um, segment. I really want to go in depth on this group date because everything else on this date relates back to this group date. So I think it's really important that we get these facts right, that we get the words right, um, because the rest of this is just editing. And unfortunately, we as the viewers are privy to how the editors choose to edit something. Um, Again, I am not biased because I know these people or because I, you know, I have no reason to be biased other than that I've watched the show from the very beginning. We're on the 15th season of The Bachelorette and we've had, oh my gosh, over 20 seasons of The Bachelor. So I'm so used to watching um, (laughs) kind of how they portray people and how things end up being edited um, so that, you know, this is entertaining. That being said, let's get to the start of it. So The group date starts, and um, they are at Fort Adams National Historic Landmark, which I thought was really cool. I really appreciate um, this entire episode shows a ton of uh, locations that are historical and that are um, key places to visit if you're going to visit Newport, Rhode Island, or Boston. And I really appreciate that. So um, they're at this landmark. I thought it was hilarious that, you know, these um, rugby players in the beginnings were really like being, you know, heavy about like, oh, there's no timeouts. There's no water breaks. It's a full contact sport. Guys, rewind and watch Tyler's face at one point. Um, The guys warned them that they've seen legs hanging off only being held by skin and sock. And Tyler's face is just like, what the heck? Like, uh, (laughs) it really made me think like, I think he's like a baseball guy. I don't think he was a football guy. I don't know. I I need to research Tyler a little more, but, um, I don't get the, the vibe that he played football. So when you're listening to your own podcast and you realize you script someone's name, uh, (laughs) thank God there's editing. I did not mean Tyler. I meant Connor. Gosh, all of these guys are white, tall, athletic. I mean, they look like each other, right? So that was a mistake. It was Connor who made the hilarious face. Um, It's Connor who I feel like is a baseball guy. Definitely not a football guy. Um, Connor, who was the sweet guy who left her notes when she was sick in her room. So anyway, editing mistake. Um, so anyway, I just love her intensity on this date at the beginning. She reminded me so much of Ali Fedotowski and Desiree Hartstock when they were both the bachelorette. Um, obviously every bachelorette is different. I would say also Rachel. She also a little bit reminds me of Rachel. Like these, those are girls who really love sports, who you really got a sense for their um, competitive nature. Um, you know, both Allie and Desiree, 
um, played sports. I know Rachel played and dated a basketball player uh, for many years. So they all had it in their blood. And maybe it's just that Hannah grew up with Alabama football. But you can tell this girl loves um, passion and aggression. And she wants to see them get down and dirty. And I love that. I thought it was really fun. Um, and she kept reiterating, I want blood, sweat, and tears. So all I can say is that the fact that we're getting lots of tears and um, some broken bones, some you know issues happening as the state goes on, that's what Hannah wanted. So, I mean, it happened. Um, anyway, it was pretty funny. I love the little moment where they had the classic classical music playing and... Uh, you know, while the guys are playing rugby on the field, that was perfect editing. That was like really funny. And, uh, I thought I was watching like an old film. So like, like, you know what I mean? Like a, um, if anyone has seen the more recent film called the favorite, um, it won a ton of Academy Awards, um, with Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. Um, and oh Lord, Olivia, uh, I can't remember her name, but she won the t- she won the, the Tony. She won the Academy Award for her portrayal in that movie. Anyway, it just reminded me of a film like The Favorite or like Pride and Prejudice. Um, so you know, kind of like a mix of old and new. So anyway, back to the real main event, The Bachelorette, and let's get right to it. So. Obviously, they're showing tons of clips of Luke saying how he thinks it's important to show he's willing to fight for her in this relationship, um, which, by the way, they dubbed that voiceover like later in the episode, so I heard it twice, um, and, you know, watching this episode, he was all over the field. He was on the offense. He scored a touchdown. He was on the defense right when Dylan um, scored for the other team, and he tackled him like as Dylan was scoring. So it's clear that Luke P was really, really into this game, which I think is fine. You know, it's supposed to be a contact active sport. That's what this is. This is like an aggressive game. Um, so if you don't believe me, everyone, please rewatch the episode and let's start this here. Rewatch and rewind to a minute 29 and 54 seconds. And you can see for yourself and judge for yourself what you think went down. But I have rewatched this clip probably 20 times um, to watch, you know, kind of to focus my eyes in on just Luke S, to focus my eyes on just Luke P, and then to kind of watch it from like if I kept my eyes in the center of the action and watch what was happening as they approached each other. Um, because I think. I don't know, the whole episode gets back on like hearsay of what he did, what he, what another guy thinks happened. And, and to me, that's just really annoying. Um, and they're all play, trying to compete for Hannah. So they're all going to try to make each other look bad regardless. So I want to get to the truth. So I watched um, minute 29 um, and 54 seconds and I replayed it. And this is what looks like what happened. So right before they show that, and this could be editing before that, but they show a brief clip of like a bunch of the guys from the green team together, uh, including Dylan and Garrett and Luke S standing and Luke P tackles Luke S. 
So, okay, you could go, okay, there's Luke tackling Luke, Luke S. That's bad. And uh, then it looks like the ball shifted, and so all the guys kind of run towards the ball. So at this point, Luke S., who's going to be like the victim in this, Luke S. is on the ground, but he's not like hurt really badly. It's kind of like he's halfway on the ground. So they show that. Then they break up the clip. Luke S. talks, and so that's editing. And then they replay where you can see briefly in the background what's happening. And again, it's Hannah's on one side of the sideline. The play, as in like where the ball is, where all the guys are, is all the way on the other side of the field. They're like at least 100 yards away from these guys, like nowhere near close to the two Lukes. No other men are close to the two Lukes. Um, the, The ball is not near them. Like nothing is close to them. And they're standing there. Luke P seems to be standing, um, not facing Lucas. He's kind of like turned a little bit, um, where you could say he's at profile with Lucas. And the clip starts again at twenty nine fifty four. Luke S is looks at Luke P, and you can tell he is like charging for him. I'm not exaggerating this. Um, he reminded me of like an animal, like you know pushing his chest out like you know like a a guy at the gym like flexing his chest rolling his shoulders back and like oh I'm gonna come for you and um he he does that like upper body motion with his upper body and then you see his feet kind of like um you know like skittle or um scatter really quickly And he looks like an animal about to attack. I'm not exaggerating. Rewatch it for yourself. It looks like he puffs the chest out. He, his feet like start running like really quick and fast. And as he's getting to Luke P, Luke P sees this as it's, as as soon as Lucas jets the chest out, Luke P starts turning his body towards him like, he was at profile with him, and now he's like, oh, whoa, is this person coming towards me? And he faces him, and as he's facing him, Luke P, again, if he's the, um, he's the one who is the, the one who uh, hurts Lucas, he, it, it looks like it's an instinct of, oh my gosh, you're coming towards me. He gets down, like crouches down on his legs. And as he's crouching on his legs, he puts his hands under Luke S's knees and picks him up from there. So he picks him up from his legs and throws him down. So um, it happens so quickly. It literally looks like five seconds. Um, and again, all what I can observe is Luke S, who claims to be the victim, truly did attack Luke P. Now here's why I think it's attacking Again, no one is around. So I'm not going to buy it that Luke S. was just running towards the play of the ball because that doesn't make sense. Again, Luke P. and Luke S. are kind of on the side by themselves. If Luke S. wanted to go towards the ball, he would have like just started like running casually towards the play of the ball. But instead, what he did was jet out his chest like, oh, I'm coming for you or I'm coming for something. And then his steps were so quick, it was like, it'd be like um, if you were about to sprint, 
or you were you had just started sprinting and it was the beginning of the sprint which usually if you're sprinting you're only doing it for a short amount of time you're not going to sprint for a long period of time um it really is fishy watching it to me i believe luke p's story okay so you heard it here i believe luke p and you can disagree with me and you can rewatch it and please please write me and tell me your opinion but uh from watching it it looks like luke s is like an animal about to attack luke p so luke p bends down goes under his legs and lifts him up and throws him down so that's what what i saw and now we can analyze that hey so i just want to record um some of my immediate thoughts, uh, immediately going to social media post episode. And so I kind of just went through some of my favorite guys to follow from this season, uh, Luke and Tyler being, um, two of them. And, and this is again from my initial reaction. So Luke, um, I took a picture of his following, um, a few weeks ago when the show just began and I was basically curious to see from the date that I took the picture to say the end of the season if his following would grow and how significantly it would grow okay so that being said back on May 21st I documented that he had 81.8 so 82,000 followers on May 21st and here we are um it's now June 3rd and Luke only has currently um, from 82 to 124,000. Okay. Then we have Tyler, who I just told you, um, you know, Tyler just had his one-on-one date and I'm so interested to see through the night as how this climbs because I'm on East Coast time and um, not all of America has seen this episode yet. But on May 21st, Tyler Cameron, who looks like the Abercrombie model, had 70,000 followers. And here we are. It is, let's see, 11.30 p.m. East Coast time. So um, not all of the West Coast has seen uh, Tyler yet. And Tyler has gone from 70,000 to 228,000. I guarantee you by tomorrow it'll be 300,000. So anyway, it's just crazy how you see people's influence just like increase significantly over a few episodes on TV. Um, I want to say this about Luke though. It really, really saddens me how he's being edited. Um, I watched tonight's episode with a friend and we both were like, gosh, you know, like every time you watch the bachelor, you assume the women are going to be catty, that people are going to throw each other under the bus because women are really chatty and women have more words to say in a given day than men. Well, somehow I I feel like it must be from producers or just the guys they're casting, but I do think producers have a lot to do with this. We are getting a season right now where the men are so catty, so freaking catty and it's annoying. It's honest. It's honestly annoying to watch. Like I came to be entertained. I came to watch Hannah have fun and be her goofy self. And I came to watch her fall in love ultimately, but it's early on in the season. So I want to like enjoy these dates and these guys are taking this so seriously. 
multiple men are being contentious, not just one or two where there's like, you know, two guys fighting, you know, it's currently the Luke and Luke situation. They're both fighting, but it's more than that. And it's annoying to watch. And I am sad to see this. And I just want to note this. Um, if you're watching the show right now and you disagree with what I'm saying, or you disagree with the actions of these contestants, please do not be a troll. If you don't like these people and you want to share your opinion with me, write me. I would love to hear your opinion. Uh, I'm going to put a poll up tonight. I'd love to hear what people say, but I am so, so against trolls on the internet, tearing other people down. I earlier today was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk um, talk about how really when you see uh, trolls write on your page and write negative comments, you should really feel sorry for them because it's so much more about their negativity and their insecurities relating to their own self than it is about you. And I am seeing this firsthand on Luke Parker's page. Um, I went to his page. So here we are again. This episode just aired. He has not posted anything since last week's episode. So I'm super curious to see if he decides to post something tomorrow or late tonight. But I am um, six days ago. He posted a post, a picture of he and Hannah. And he started it off by saying, I want to address the elephant in the room here. And he just said how the season's been really hard for him to watch himself. And um, he said, I have learned a lot and I am continuing to learn about my flaws as a man. I'm the first to admit I am far from perfect. This journey has given me a great opportunity to grow and mature as a man. For that, I am grateful. And then he just said, for those of you who are on the journey with me, I'm grateful for support and I hope you get to learn and grow from my mistakes with me. I mean, that's amazing. That's so humble. He's basically saying, look, I'm a flawed guy. I'm learning. And if you're watching this, you're following along. I hope you're learning too while watching me. And I hope you're growing. Like he's hoping for the betterment of others watching that maybe they don't make the mistakes he makes, or maybe they learn about their own flaws while watching his flaws. That's such a humble place to be. And I went to his page and I was reading the comments. By the way, I did comment last week and a positive comment because I am not a troll, nor will I ever be a troll. And I was disgusted to see, truly disgusted, someone I know be a hater and say a nasty thing. And I just want to say publicly that... um, If you want to bash people that you don't know, do it privately. Like I said, if you want to share with me, because I'm just a random person podcasting about The Bachelor, if you want to tell me your opinions directly, that's fine. But please, please don't publicly write on someone's page for millions to see your nasty opinions of them. That is just wrong, rude, insecure, and... um, it's, it's, it's not bettering anyone else. And actually it's hurting you to have that much hate in your heart that you need to share your hate to the person directly. So it just, it really disgusted me that someone I know 
wrote a hate comment on his page and yeah I'm just so disgusted like truly disgusted so um I just want to remind you as you're watching the show to be gracious to everyone even if you disagree with them or do not like them I can count on my hands how many times villains have become redeemed through uh the show like Nick Vial like Crystal Nielsen um who else um I'll think of more and share more but this can really affect people's lives there's actually um, a villain from years ago in Crystal's season her name was Kelsey she moved to France because she was so victimized um after the show and that's horrible how horrible that Americans were so awful to her that she thought the only way out was to truly truly escape that's just really sad to me so anyway I just want to say I love podcasting and this is supposed to be fun and this is supposed to be informative and it's supposed to be analytical to make us think about not only their actions on tv but our own actions in real life um and I just ask that you be gracious with others and first and foremost be gracious with yourself because only when you're gracious with yourself are you able to be humble and realize that you can grow and learn and experiences and in times when you um say the wrong thing or have the wrong action so anyway I just wanted to share that with you from about Luke uh tonight all right so it's here finally the night portion of the date I don't know if you all feel like this but this date just dragged on um so they go to this gorgeous colonial home uh the producers really found some good spots to host all these parties uh but uh so Mike says in front of everyone acting like the dad some people went overboard well obviously he's talking about Luke and feels the need to say that in front of everyone because he's 31 and if I you know if I'm not mistaken he's the oldest in the house so maybe that's why he feels like he needs to be the dad I don't know. Um, I do appreciate that she called Luke P and she spoke with him first because she knew like, all right, look, I got to hear what happened. Um, yeah, I didn't. So anyway, this is just my opinion again. I truly would love to have some people write me, um, and you know, maybe be like callers in this podcast for next week, um, in discussing what happened because I think this storyline is going to continue. Um, but I'm going to share what I think, and I'd love to hear what you think. So here we are. So we get to her convo with Luke P. And to me, this guy seems really genuine. Now, he could just be really good at faking it, but I don't get that he's an actor. I actually sometimes get that he's, like, wounded, and then other times get, like, he's, like, pretending to be really strong. So... I would love to know more of, like, his backstory and, you know, was he always the attractive one? Was he, like, the fat kid? Was he picked on? Because he's not that tall. So maybe he was, like, shorter and felt the need to get really muscular because, I, I don't know. I just I just don't think that he was, like, the Tyler in life. You know, like, the Abercrombie-looking type model, always. So anyway, um, and 
I do think your history plays into how you date in your present. So, you know, presently he's very attractive. Presently he's super fit and he's really confident. So something played up in his life to get to that point. Um, so anyway, he has this convo with Hannah. He seems really natural. He says he's great. And he asked how she was doing. Um, and then he just was honest. And he told her that he had an encounter with Luke S. Um, and as he described it, this is what he said. In quotes. I had the ball. I stiff-armed him to the ground. But you know, he started like cussing me out. And like clenched his fist. And started to swing at me. Like to hit me in the face. And I didn't know what to do. And I like picked him up. And I put him on his back. I'm doing my best after the conversation we had about all of this. I've been really trying hard. Okay, end quote. So, anyway, that is Luke's account. That um, Luke S. was cussing at him and he was started swinging at him. He clenched his fist. Well, as you guys all know from my uh, account of this, there were no swings. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, There were no swings by Luke S. However, the guy did clench his fists. He probably was cussing at him. So everything I'm hearing so far from Luke P. seems accurate with the visual. Um, And then he says that he doesn't want her to think twice about his character. um, And then just goes on about Luke and why um, he's always talking about his brand and liquor company. And he says, I've never heard him talk about you. Well, I'm going to agree with Luke right here. Um, at Granted, I, we don't know how much time they've spent together, but it would be alarming. If you're in a house and you're hanging out with a bunch of dudes and or a bunch of women, because I'm sure most of my listeners are female, but let's just put ourselves in their shoes for a moment, shall we? Okay, so if I just went on a great date or I just saw a guy I really liked, I would likely come home and talk about them. Be like, oh my gosh, he looks so good. I really liked that blazer he wore. Or his shoes were really cute. Or, you know, we talk about superficial things in life. It's true. And if, if I'm that, I would say, if not, I hopefully would say, oh yeah, we had a really deep conversation about religion or philosophy or um, what he thinks about gun control or, um, I don't know, you know, I think I would be impressed by a guy who we had a deep political conversation. However, um, if I went into a conversation after a date and didn't really talk about the guy, and the only thing I really talked about was say, yeah, so my career, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that would be alarming. Wouldn't I think all the other girls would pause and think, oh, do you really like this guy? So... I want to give Luke S. the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he wasn't just promoting his liquor company, his tequila company. But I do find it a bit alarming. And we, I can't wait to see the, the men tell all later in the season. Because I think, um, yeah, I mean, anyone who goes on that show nowadays usually has an alter- ulterior motive. So it wouldn't surprise me if he went on to promote his liquor company. All right, so Luke P. conversation continued. 
So she's sitting there with him and, and then it just starts getting this like overlapping game. And he says like, I've told you nothing but the truth. and I'm going to continue. She's like hundred percent honest. He said, yes, but never lie to you. Hannah's like, don't beat around the bush because that will make me mad. He's like at all about any details. Okay. I felt like I was watching a relationship. Like, you know, when you're dating someone and like you like them, know them enough that like you feel comfortable to be real with them. And even if that's kind of sassy or if that's, I don't know. I just, I really like enjoyed this. I was like, oh, thank God, a real relationship. This is nice to see. And I just know there's a lot we're not seeing off camera because throughout this entire bit, I can tell she believes Luke P. She doesn't firmly believe Luke S. So getting to that, Um, So she talks to Luke S and she, you know, brings it up and he just says, there was a play. This is what Luke S says. There was a play where I passed the ball and Luke hit me pretty damn hard. So remember going back to my recap, I said that I saw Luke S on the ground. He wasn't like flat on the ground, but he was on the ground like, oh, he was semi down. I think that's what he's referring to. So then Lucas says, I walked up to him and he turned around and he had this glazed look in his eye and I just wanted to say, hey man, I didn't appreciate you doing that. All right, let's stop right there. There's no way that's true. Here's why. He says he looked at him. He's saying Luke P had the glazed look in his eye and that Lucas was ready to just talk to him. I'm going to pause. Go back and rewind yourself. There's no way that you're on your way to talk, walk up to someone and be like, hey, man, what was that? I don't appreciate that. When you are 10, 20 feet away and you do a running start towards someone. No, those do not coincide. You don't start doing a running start towards someone if all you're going to say is, I don't appreciate that. What I think was really going to happen is I think he was going to shove him. I think he was going to, like, hit him. Maybe he didn't think he would win because he's a lot smaller than Luke P. But he most certainly was going to embark on some sort of physical, verbal contact that was really aggressive. So let's just pause right there. His little story to Hannah does not match up with what you see on the video. So anyway, then he says that he picked him up, threw threw him on the ground, and kneed him in the head and walked away. Okay. Again, you can't really see about the knee and him in the head thing. Um, I don't even think that happened. He actually, Luke P. kept saying he walked over him. Luke P. never even walked over him. I think Luke P. like honestly blacked out. Luke P. hit the guy and walked the other direction. He never walked over him. Like walking over would be like walking fully over a person or to the side. No, no, no. That did not happen. So... Anyway, this entire account just, like, enraged me because I was like, no, this is wrong. Um, so whatever. So that's what Luke S. says. And um, anyway, we get to Mike in the room with all the guys. And anyway, Mike says the, tells the guy, like Hannah has, this isn't a Luke P. show, but it's annoying that we have to continue to talk about Luke P when we're all here for a relationship with her. So, okay, clearly Hannah has used her alone time with each of these guys to like be like, well, what, what's your account of the situation? Well, what did you see or what do you think? And you know what that tells me? That just tells me all the more that Hannah really likes Luke P because she is what basically saying, 
I'm sure she has zeroed in on Luke P. She said this on like the first episode. She finds a guy she likes. She zeroes in on him. I think she's like mentally like affirmed herself. Like, yeah, I'm attracted to that guy or he's cute. He's nice. But like, he's probably not my husband. Whereas like Luke P has left such an impression on her um, that in her mind, she's like, that could actually be my husband. And let's be honest, ladies and men in life, you have a gut instinct on that first date if this is a yes or a no to future and even if you're like I don't know it could lead somewhere you know if you're like one super physically attracted to them if you like their vibe and from what you know about them you like the history of who they are so she has enough on her belt telling her Luke P it could be the guy for her I think that's why she's choosing to make this the Luke P show so anyway, regardless of what commentary you hear, regardless if she chooses Luke P in the end or not, um, I definitely think and believe that in her mind, Luke is either number one at this point or top one, two, three, because there's no way she'd be exhausting this much energy if she didn't. And that's, the guys are jealous. So, you know, they can be jealous. Okay, so as you guys all observed, this was the longest episode I feel like I've ever watched because there was so much male drama. Um, Anyway, I mean, I feel like all of the guys were getting into it. Garrett tries to say, Luke, I've got 14 friends in this house and you could have seriously hurt someone today and I'm not okay with that. Like, honestly, I'm sure Garrett's a nice guy, but I wanted to yell at him to shut up. Like, He's playing the card that you're on this show to make friends and you're not on here to like actually marry someone. Um, I do think it's both. So I'd love to discuss kind of this with other people who've been on the show. Um, As my next few, um, my next few podcasts, I'm going to have previous contestants. But yeah, this just really... It annoys me that they're trying to make it about like, hey, we're on this show to become friends with each other so we can promote our careers together in the future and all get together and be buddy-buddy and get more following. No, like that's not what the show started out as. So the show started out as an opportunity to find love and find the person that you spend forever with. So I don't know. I just think these guys kind of have their priorities wrong and they're focusing on each other and not on Hannah completely um that being said so I don't know I don't even want to go through all the drama but um because it continues next week and uh you know some nice things to note that um I don't know this red jacket is just being passed around now it's on Garrett and I think we've seen it on some other people so I'm wondering if they all have the same red jacket or if there's a few red jackets in the house. I don't know, but we have to spot the red jacket. So that's going to be kind of my mission <laughs> throughout the rest of this. Um, other side note, I think Dylan could be gay. Anyone else? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I love his style. I think he's awesome. Um, but I kind of am getting a gay vibe. And um, John Paul Jones, his outfit's perfect. Very, very preppy. Really, like, he went to a boarding school. He went to a small private liberal arts university. And now he's in his adorable preppy clothes. So, yeah. I John Paul Jones, I hope I see you in paradise. Um, so, anyway, continuing. 
you know, another nice thing is they had a commercial with Ashley and Jared. That was good. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and then finally, we have a little reprieve from all the drama. And I'm going to end today's podcast at this reprieve. I'm not even going to go back to the rose ceremony because that continues on to next episode. So I w- I'm rather just cover that in next week's podcast. Um, but so she finally picks Tyler for a date. And I don't know about you, but I've been waiting for this. I mean, this guy is very attractive. She clearly likes him. So I'm excited to see if they have chemistry. And it turns out they really do. Um, I was very impressed with him for being 25 and being so level-headed and um, calm. But he also was a really good listener. And that was probably the part that surprised me the most. Like, I feel like he has funny cliches to say. Like, he likes grilling and chilling. Um, which is such, like, a bro comment. But he does listen to her. So, I mean, I think you can be a nice bro. Like, you know. Um, so, I'm I'm feeling Tyler right now. Um, she was very upset when the date started rightfully so. And I appreciate her honesty. And I honestly wrote here, I was like, no one is counseling her. They're just forcing her to go through with this. So on the producer's end, I was watching it thinking, why aren't they stopping to be like, Hannah, it's okay. Like, we understand this is really difficult. Like, why don't you take a beat and, you know, take a moment to pray because we know that helps you or, um, you know, have some coffee and think of it, but, or, you know, just block it out. But she obviously can't block it out. And I think part of the reason why she's such a good bachelorette is that she feels all of her emotions. So we in turn get to feel them too. Um, so again, I am loving Hannah as the bachelorette. I think she's perfect. So, I mean, no one's perfect, but like perfect for TV and that she's very raw and we know how she's feeling and there's no barriers. Um, so again, her date with Tyler was really great. I thought they were really fun. Um, I want to just read what he said. He said, we're going to have fun regardless. Just know that when you're getting down, there's a reason you're going through all this right now. You're going to come out the most amazing person ever. I want to be the man next to you at the end of this. Just know I got you. And I'm always going to have you. (laughs) Does anyone else just sigh? Like, oh. The awesome thing is that it seemed really genuine. So I'm super excited to see how their relationship plays out. Um, Yeah, if Tyler's genuinely always like that, like, he might be like this with Hannah and then get um, leave early and go on Paradise. And then we see him the same way on Paradise. I have no idea. Or he might be her final one. Um, I just, I do like that it seems like he's genuinely into her. I am buying this date. Um, and then even their dinner date, they went to the White Horse Tavern, which, um, is the oldest tavern apparently in the U.S. Her makeup looks so good. I literally think this was like the best her makeup has looked. It looked really natural. It, it complimented her features. It was very kind of muted and, um, sandier in tones. Um, so anyway, I just really liked 
another thing he said, he says, we don't need the best. We need the real Hannah. And I got that today and I adored that today. So I love that he's giving her permission to be herself, to not be her perfect self, but to be real. And as I was watching this, I was just thinking of like things I've read for years and putting it into practice. I think it's accurate. So I think often as women, we struggle with if we're just starting to date someone or if we're in a new relationship, I think we always want to appear our best selves. So we want to have our hair and makeup looking like they're put together and we want to be in a good mood. And if we're having a mood where we're like, oh, I just want to Netflix and chill, we don't want it anyone to see that because that's our low or that's, you know, we don't want people to see us if we're not caffeinated or if we haven't worked out and feel in a, you know, high spirits. And the reality is men will gravitate towards um, emotion, which sounds odd because we're told as women that like we're too emotional but men are drawn to our emotion because men do not express their emotion nearly as much as women. Like they're not really taught to get in tune with their emotion. So when, when a woman shows her vulnerability and expresses herself, men just like, like are on their hands in the air, like, uh, awaiting the next move, you know? And, we don't always realize as women that we have that power to unleash like our true feminine selves. So watching Hannah on the date with Tyler to me was a perfect example of a woman like unleashing her true feminine self and um, the guy responded to it and the whole date he did, you know, even like when she was, when they were fishing and she would catch something and she didn't, like, try to be the cool, like, oh, look, I got it. Ha, huh? aren't I really sweet and cool? No, she was just like, oh, yeah, oh, didn't get that. Like, she wasn't acting for him. She wasn't overthinking the way she was looking at him. Or even later on in the episode, if you remember, um, he was holding her. Like, there's he's sitting down, and he was holding her, and he kissed her. And she just kind of was, like, looking off in the distance. And you can tell that he was thinking like, okay, I think this is the time for us to make out. Uh, and she just kind of wanted to soak in the moment and take a deep breath and be appreciative for who Tyler was in her life in that moment. And I think that was a really awesome moment to watch because she wasn't trying to be cute and sweet or she wasn't trying to like say something I don't know to keep conversation going she truly was just like being herself and in that moment she didn't want to kiss him she just wanted to like look the other way and he wanted her all the more so anyway if you learn anything from watching The Bachelor it's just truly be raw be vulnerable and um and if you're already married and you know, you feel like, well, I've caught my husband and life is great. I still think it's a good reminder to continue to be raw and real with your spouse. And, um, yeah, it, it often connects you to when life can, you can so easily get disconnected by our phones and our jobs and just, um, discussing things in a more practical way versus discussing things 
from a heartfelt, emotional way. So anyway, all that to say, I love her date with Tyler. I think they had a great time. And I definitely think he's a front runner for the top four. So I can't remember who I said the top four were originally. I'm going to have to reassess that when we get to like the top six or seven. But I 100% think he's going to be the top four. I hope he... Um, I'm just excited to watch their love story unfold. So next week we'll pick up the cocktail party and we will unleash all that drama. Um, And now I have the where are they now segment. Okay, last segment. So where are they now? And then I'm going to give you some bachelor updates from the last week. Um, So we're going to talk about Rachel Lindsay. Rachel Lindsay was the 13th bachelorette. Um, she was the first black or African-American, whatever you want to say, bachelorette, finally. Um, and she is now engaged to Brian Abasolo, who was her winner and pick on her season. So, um, quick, um, fun facts about Rachel. Um, for one, she kind of has a low social media profile, comparatively speaking to her other more recent bachelorettes, um, Becca Kufrin has 1.3 million. Um, and then before, uh, Becca and Rachel was Jojo who has 2.2 million and Caitlin Bristow 1.7 million. Rachel isn't even at a million. So as I'm talking about Rachel, go to Instagram, go find Rachel Lindsay, R-A-C-H-E-L. Um, and I'm going to say her name wrong on the gram. It's, um, it is R-A-C-H. It is the Rachel Lindsay, excuse me. Uh, the Rachel, Rachel Lindsay, the Rachel, R-A-C-H-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. Um, and go follow her because she's awesome. She puts out good content, good pictures of she and Brian, and maybe by looking at her profile, you'll see when they get married. So on that, uh, they are getting married this August. Um, somewhere in the Caribbean. She's not disclosed what date or when. Um, I will say, you know how I've earlier spoken to a several August weddings. I think it's um, from rumors and what I can see on the website for Ashley and Jared. It looks like they are getting married Labor Weekend, Labor Day weekend, which would be August 31st. Um, so my guess is that Rachel and Brian are going to get married before that, but you never know. Um So Rachel and Brian are set to be married this summer. Um, Back in April, she moved. So if you all remember, Rachel was a lawyer from Dallas. Um, Her father is a federal prosecutor. I'm sorry, not federal prosecutor, federal judge. And um, yeah, so it was kind of a big deal that she even did the show. Um, And she lived in Dallas before the show, lived in Dallas with Brian after the show. And just a few months ago, she moved to Miami where Brian, her fiance, has a practice for his, um, um, not massage therapy, uh, chiropractic work. So I listened to a podcast that Rachel did. Um, It gave me, honestly, a lot of insight. So here's some random things about Rachel you probably didn't know. Um... Well, one thing she said is that on her fantasy date with Brian, she, at that point, was just trying to make sure that he really was the real deal and that she could go through with this. So she had, like, a list of questions she wanted to ask him. 
um, that night. So it really was just about staying up late and talking to him. And so she asked him about religion and politics and how he wanted to raise his kids as well as his credit score. So (laughs) very bold of her. Um, y'all got to remember at the time she was 31, Brian was like 36, 37. So I get it. Like she was, she was in a very like no bullshit phase, uh, where she needed to get to the real deal and knew that if she was going to get engaged to this guy the next day, she needed to know where he was in his credit. So power to you, Rachel. Um, I mean, I wouldn't ask a guy that's on the first date, but if you want to, I've read articles that say people do it, and definitely in a city like New York or L.A. where people are very conscious of their lifestyle and uh, their career and their finances, it seems more normal. So go have at it. Follow Rachel's footsteps and ask guys their credit scores. Um, She also shared in this podcast that she had an ex in the past. This is two exes before, not the most recent ex before Brian, but another one before that who had an entire other family. All right, so here's what happened. So she was living in Texas, and this was when she was in college, and the guy she was dating lived in Oklahoma. And they were, like, the same age, so it's not like he was, like, much older or anything. But they were the same age, and she said it was really cool. So, like, anything he did, she was buying what he was selling. And, um, yeah, so... I guess his family or I I don't know exactly. She didn't really disclose why he would be back in Dallas, but I I imagine maybe he was from Dallas originally. And, um, she came, he came, he came back to Dallas on say winter break. And one of her friends told her, Hey, Rachel, I think your boyfriend has a baby. And Rachel was just dumbfounded. Like, that's not possible. No, no, no. He's dating me. That's, that's crazy. Um, and then, um, so she asked him and found out he did have a baby. So all that to say, um, actually, it's even kind of a crazier story. Um, she um, called him on his number. Uh, and her friend called him, and Rachel was on the line too, but the boyfriend didn't know that. And the friend asked him, like, hey, um, you know, are, what what's going on with your baby? And, you know, kind of spilled the beans in the conversation. And he started talking about it. And that's how Rachel knew that it was true, that he actually had a kid. So, turns out, he was with Rachel for several years. They broke up briefly, maybe for like two months. And in that time, he got another woman pregnant. Then he got back together with Rachel. And then in the time that he was back with Rachel, this woman, you know, stayed pregnant and had the baby. So he did not tell her about this. And of course they, they, you know, broke up over this at some point. And then Rachel's like, I was such an idiot. I got back together with him. So knowing he had a kid, knowing he had like lied to her and she still got back with him. So obviously her parents never liked the guy. Um, and she had this like long relationship with him. And then one day she called him and it said his number wasn't in service. You know, and it goes, do, 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 this number you've called is not in service. So he ghosted her, like flat out ghosted her, which is crazy. And fast forward some time, she found out that he was engaged to this woman he had a kid with. And and then they had another baby. So, I mean, like, 
literally the craziest stuff. This is like Maury or, you know, um, Maury Povich stuff, you know, that I'm hearing. (laughs) It's crazy. And that was Rachel's real life. So her life was not all sunshine and roses before The Bachelor. Um, I love that I found this out about her. I think this is crazy and really real because sometimes we all go through shit and we think, oh my God, I'm the only one who's dealt with like really bad dating experiences. Well, nope. Your fellow girl, bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay also went through a lot. Um, she says that it's all like water on the bridge and she's actually in contact with this guy now. Um, she did not reveal his name. I'm sure she wants to, you know, respect him and his life. But yep, so that is Rachel's crazy history in her dating life. Um, But again, back to the present. She's engaged. She's happy. Getting married to Brian. We have no idea who from Bachelor Nation will be at the wedding. Uh, We can expect um, that Alexa and Astrid um, and Christina Shulman would be there. Those are some of her girls from her season um, when she was on The Bachelor with Nick Vial. And uh, we know that she's wearing, uh, who, who is designing her dress, uh, the designer Randy Rom. Um, it is um, R-A-N-D-I. Um, Randy Rom, um, and Rom is R-A-H-M. Randy Rom designed uh, the dress for her engagement shoot, as well as her wedding dress, which has not been revealed, obviously. Um, and this person also designed a bunch of Hannah's dresses, including Hannah's opening night dress, as well as several other previous bachelorettes. So she designed Desiree, Jojo, and Ashley, um, Hubert's opening dress for the bachelor as well. So this is very much a friend of the bachelor world. Um, it does have me wonder that, you know, maybe Rachel is doing some sort of bachelor wedding. And it's going to be televised, secret, secret. Um, but part of me thinks that Rachel's just footing the bill and affording a really nice couture wedding gown. And it has nothing to do with The Bachelor. And it won't be televised. So we will find out. Um, look into the news for Rachel's wedding later this summer. Again, if you want to find out and stalk them, if you live in Miami and you're listening to my podcast um, and you figure out what neighborhood they live in, please write to me. Um, You know, that sounds so silly to ask, but my guess is that they don't, that they either live in Brickell or they live like, I don't know, somewhere kind of random, like North Miami or Coral Gables. I'm not really sure where they live in Miami. Um, I find it funny. She moved to Miami when I left Miami. So I'm happy for Rachel and Brian. And um, that's what I have to share about her. So some other Bachelor news and gossip. Um, So I'm sure you've been following uh, Caitlin Bristow and uh, Jason uh, Tardic, who've been dating long distance for quite a while, while, well, they moved in together. So that's great. It looks like Jason is moving or moved to Nashville. Um, I don't know what the status is with his job. I know he's been with the same company for several years, but it looks like Jason is moving to Nashville and is going to parent their new dog that is coming from, um, Korea and the dog is their naming is noodles, um, like, you know, zucchini noodles. So super cute. They're getting in a doodle, a, a golden, and, um, 
That's a golden retriever. So, yeah, they're moving in together. Uh, other news, um, Raven and Adam got engaged. So that's another Bachelor in Paradise success. Um, honestly, their proposal is adorable. Um, Adam followed Raven for a photo shoot. She, um, as you guys know, it um, owns a clothing store and sources all the material. So she does photo shoots for, the, you know, the new material that will go into her shop. And so there was, this was a day in which she was going all over Dallas to take pictures and various clothes. And Adam was with her, you know, so it was cute, like, showing the couple. Um, and so he was there for the photo shoots. And one of their last spots was this rooftop in Dallas. And so they were on the rooftop of the W Hotel, and they were spinning and talking, and all of a sudden, he got down on one knee. So um, they propo- he proposed to her, custom-designed her ring. It's beautiful. So um, go check them out. Um, Adam really has a low following. I've, I've always kind of surprised. Um, the women get a lot of followers, but the men don't. So his name is Adam Gottschalk, G-O-T-T-S. C-H-A-L-K, um, and y'all remember Raven. I mean, Raven is Tia's good girl, um, Raven Gates. So um, it'll be Raven Gothschalk. So uh, yeah, she won't have to change her initials. Anyway, we're happy for them. And then finally, another baby was born. Ari and Lauren had their baby. Uh, they named her Alyssi. She was born, um, let's see, her exact date was May 29th, and she was 6 pounds, 13 ounces, um, and she looks like a baby, you know, babies are babies, but I'm sure she's precious, they just seem like the sweetest doting parents, um, and I'm really, really happy for both of them. I think everyone gave Ari such crap, obviously, for breaking Becca's heart in the way he did, and having it publicized on TV. That was just cringeworthy when he broke up with Becca. Um, but it, it's like the Jason Mesnick thing, you know, Jason broke up with, um, Molly, not Molly. He broke up with Melissa on TV and then asked Molly to be with him. And now he's married to Molly and they have a child. So, um, it's kind of the same thing with Ari and Lauren, you know, Ari broke up with his winner, Becca, and is now with the woman, his bride, Lauren. So they're married, they have a baby and, um, two dogs. So I'm really happy for them. I'm sure it'll be a fun journey to follow as the baby grows up and they grow their family. So anyway, that's all I have. That's, uh, ends on a happy note because this was such a heavy, heavy episode. I hope next week is better. I hope we get some clarity on the Luke Luke situation. And um, I'm going to bring on some friends. So it'll hopefully be a more exciting, um, versatile podcast next week. I look forward to seeing you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.